Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. I'm Natalie Walton and this is Imprint a podcast about creating a home and life you love. Each week, I'm here to share with you some of the biggest lessons I've learned during my career and life. Some of them I wish I'd learned a lot sooner because they would have saved me a huge amount of time, stress, and even money. Many of these ideas could have accelerated my journey as a creative and business owner. I also feature interviews with inspiring creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts to help you focus on what's most important in your life. Today, I'm going to focus on one of the biggest lessons that I've learned. But before we start today's episode, I just wanted to thank you for all of your beautiful comments and feedback on this podcast. If you haven't done so already, it would mean so much if you could please subscribe, rate and review whatever you're listening to the podcast today. It really does help other like-minded creatives out there find this content and help them on their journey. Okay, back to today's episode. 
Hello everyone. I hope you're well. It is a beautiful morning here in Byron Bay and I've got that feeling that we're getting towards the end of the year. It's fast approaching and it's I always kind of get quite excited at this time of year about all the things that I'm trying to finish off and all the boxes I'm trying to tick so that I can look forward to a long summer holiday with my family because that really is when I switch off and I don't touch my computer, I don't touch um, social media, I take a deliberate break from that and I really focus on being present with my family. But to get to that point, I really need to finish off um, quite a long list of things that I want to achieve for this year. And um, I really don't like to have things hanging over my head. So that is where I'm at right now. But I wanted to touch on a topic that I know some of you might be thinking about already because we're getting into the Christmas period fast approaching. And with that comes receiving gifts. Often it can be unwanted gifts and what to do about that and what strategies that you might be able to employ. This was actually a question that came up in a recent Facebook Live Q&A for my course, The Styling Masterclass. And this is what the student asked. She said, what do you do when you were gifted or given furniture or artwork that has sentimental value and meaning, but is far from what, would you, what you would choose for yourself personally to be in your home? And of course, this idea is very similar to receiving gifts at for birthdays or for Christmas or the holidays, special occasions and what to do with them and how to deal with it. I thought I would break this process down into a couple of ideas. And the first step I would suggest to you is to actually address the situation ahead of time. So that's why I wanted to record and create this episode for you today so that you have a bit of a strategy going into this season. I think it is really important to make your viewpoint or your feelings known to people that you are expecting to receive gifts off or who may be the type of people that will hand down things to you. This is most likely to be people in your family and it might also be friends as well. For us, we actually mostly receive gifts in two ways. It is either from my parents or my husband's parents, and then it is also um, comes with birthday parties for the children. And I've got a particular strategy for that, which I will share with you shortly. Now, when it comes to grandparents, it can be tricky because obviously they want to give something so that the child has a certain experience of them and to know that they're loved and that they're being thought of. And of course, it's a lot of joy, I think, for grandparents in this idea that certainly with my parents and my mum in particular, of giving things that my mum thinks that I wouldn't give to the children. And she thinks, but they would enjoy it. They would get so much happiness from it. And that's what she's trying to really do is she wants them to have this experience of being happy. But for both my husband and myself, our parents don't live in the same area as us. So they don't see our children all of the time and they don't always know exactly where our children are at in terms of their, their interests, their development in terms of what's appropriate for them, um, their capabilities. This was certainly something that happened a lot with 
our first child is that my parents uh, would buy him gifts that were way beyond his personal development. Uh, they were complex um, things that he had to build or make, racing cars that, um, you know, he didn't have that subtle dexterity with his hands or his coordination. And so it would crash into things and it would break or he would pull things apart because he's always loved pulling things apart. He's often got more joy and yeah, use out of something by pulling it apart by then by actually using it. And that was something that he always used to do because he was so interested to know how something worked, but he didn't necessarily have an appreciation that this thing might've been worth a certain amount of money. And so he would just pull it apart because that's what he did. And, um, I've had to go on quite a journey with my my parents in particular about explaining to them what is appropriate for them in terms of their age and their development and also educating them on what I like in terms of and what's important to me in my home in terms of what we allow into our space. My mom has very strong opinions herself and she doesn't always think that I know what I know or that that what I know and think is right. So she just sometimes decides to go on her own strategy. I don't know if this is relevant to any of you uh, and you have similar experiences and it can be quite challenging at times. I know that it always comes from a good place within my own parents, but it can be a challenge. And um, in terms of my, the other side of my family, so we, my husband, um, he only has his mum who is alive. And I have to say, and I know she sometimes listens to this podcast, so <laughs> I'm not just saying that because of it, but she's actually great. She, um, she often asks about what they would like and often sends books. And sometimes I give her guidance on what types of books are appropriate because obviously she's not with them all the time. And so she doesn't know what reading level they're at or what their interests are at. And sometimes I give her guidance in regards to that. And I, I generally, in terms of any person at any age in their life, I generally think that books are a great gift because they, they are something that, um, they don't take up a lot of space in your home. Worst comes to the worst. They can be recycled. They're easy to donate somebody somewhere will get some use or utility out of them. And they're not the sort of thing that are going to end up in landfill, which is something that I feel quite passionate about. So as I said, I do think that the first step that you need to take is to make your viewpoint or feelings known ahead of time so that you're heading off this potential situation and just really explain to people why it's important to you. And for me, it is this process of saying to my mom, that, well, initially it was even before I kind of became super aware and conscious of what we put into landfill, but it was actually just related to the size of my home. At the time we lived in a small apartment in Bondi and my mum would sometimes buy, like they bought my son this massive car that he would sit in and it was, it was metal. So at least it wasn't plastic, but it's this big metal car for him to sit in. And I had to say, look, mum, we live in a tiny apartment. It's just not appropriate. You know, we, I would much rather you buy him smaller things and again, try to guide her and just explain why that was important to us because we didn't have anywhere to store these things. So that is something, you know, if storage is an issue for you or you don't want plastic in your home or you want things that you don't want things that are going to break. Again, this is something that we would encounter a lot when, particularly when 
we were living in Sydney and it was with our firstborn is that at birthday parties at that time when we were still accepting gifts from people, we would get given things. People would go to Target or Kmart and just go and grab a quick, easy gift and think, you know, oh, that's that's great. You know, they'll love this. But so often those kind of gifts, they're cheaply made and they just don't last. And we would end up with the child in tears crying over this thing that had broken. And I would think, I wish that the person hadn't even given something, you know, I'd rather them have just given a card or a book rather than something that is going to break very easily. And some of these toys, they're, they're not very well made and they're quite fragile in some ways. And often the cheaper they are, the worse made they are. So like I said, I really, that actually pushed me over the edge and I then implemented a no gift policy, which I will talk about in a moment. The second strategy that I think you can use is to actually offer alternative suggestions. And this is something that I do with my family. I give them a list of what we really want or need or what the children really want or need. Now, when it comes to children's um, children and what could be on that list, sometimes because I, my children have actually said to me, mom, we don't want any more clothes as gifts. So this is going to have to change for us. And they are getting older. And so they are getting more into what they own, like what they like in terms of what they wear. But certainly when they were younger, I would often give grandparents a list of pajamas, I think are always a great gift. I just don't think you can go wrong with pajamas. And I would give them a list of a few different brands that I really liked. And even what I would do is sometimes ahead of time, if you can be really thoughtful and intentional with this, particularly because grandparents don't always have a huge amount of money. If that particular brand was having a sale, I would say I would send them a link and say, you know, this particular brand is having a sale. One of my favorite brands when the girls were younger, they've kind of outgrowing this a little bit now is Print Baby, which is um, print and then B-E-B-E. -E. I'll include the details on the show notes. And pretty much anything that Fiona had in her online shop, um, I loved and the girls loved and they went through a stage of, that was one of the brands that they wore a lot. And so if she, if Fiona ever had a sale, I would actually send the link to um, parents on both sides and say, look, this is a brand that I love, the girls love wearing it. Um, and to say that it's having a sale. So if you wanted to buy something now for Christmas, then you know, my, now might be a great opportunity. So that's certainly one thing that I would do. And the same with some other brands in terms of pajamas um, or other clothing. One of the issues that I've always had with my children is being able to find and source dresses or tops that have sleeves because at preschool as well as at school, they have to wear that. They go to a Steiner school, so they don't have a uniform but they still have to have covered shoulders. This has always been a huge issue for me finding that. So this is something that I've been able to say to and explain to family members is that I really need to get them these clothes. So, and they, I think people understand that. So I've again, sent them links of different things that they could do. But as my children are getting older, as I've mentioned, they've said to me that they don't want any more clothes for gifts. And, um, but even before that with my son as well, because sometimes I will just buy him things in bulk. You know, he's quite simple in terms of what he wears. He just wears shorts and t-shirts pretty much year round. 
And, um, and so books, I will give them a list of books of what's appropriate for their reading level. And again, because all my children are at different ages, so they've all different reading levels or the different ones that they like and enjoy. So that is something that I've done in the past, give them in the list of books that they might like, as well as like activity books. That's something that they always enjoy. And um, it can also relate to sporting equipment, whatever stage they're at. So it might be swing costumes or goggles or snorkels, skateboards, bike helmets. That was a recent gift for my son that he really wanted a very particular type of bike helmet. He's also, he's really into his mountain bike riding. So um, bike gloves, you know, these are the things that things that they will actually use rather than getting gifts that are just something that's going to sit in a cupboard and not get used or played with. Uh, for the girls, they went through a stage of doing ballet. So it was getting the ballet slippers and just really those things that they really wanted or needed and that they would get used. And that is so important to me that it's not just stuff that's going to get be lying around, but it's things that are going to get used. And then if they then grow out of that stage or grow out of that item, I can then pass that item down to somebody else, such as with the ballet clothes. Now, as I mentioned, a big thing for us was the decision that when it came to birthday parties, we actually specified to people on the invitation that we don't want gifts. And we say handmade cards are um, preferable. So I think that this is actually something that the children enjoy more in many ways. And they, because we did this at a reasonably young age, but even as they're older, they understand. I've explained to them that they actually don't need stuff and said to them that, you know, it's, we just don't need any more things in our home. They don't need any more things. They have more than that they need as it is. And even though I'm very conscious about what we let into our home and it's really lovely to see what they, what friends write in the card or create and just having their friends with them is I think the best gift to so for them to have that in terms of a birthday party or whatever. But I just don't want people bringing lots of stuff. Sometimes, um, other children might make them a gift or find them get crystals seem to be a very popular thing. And sometimes they'll bring them a crystal, but I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not going to be, you know, saying, no, you can't give this to my child. Um, another friend, he, for my son, who's 12, a friend of his actually made him like handmade him a GoPro camera that was made out of cardboard, which was really cute. And, you know, it's really lovely to see those things that are actually handmade as well. But taking the stance in terms of saying that we don't want gifts, I think it has been really valuable in terms of not letting things into our home that we don't want. And I think it's been an important lesson for our children too. And it also signals to other parents what's important to you. And it gives them an opportunity to say the same thing. I think we're all in the same situation. And certainly for me as a child, uh, you know, I didn't have anywhere near as much as what other children have today. And I just don't think that that is, is important. I think that there are much simpler things that we can do or engage with. And I think that birthdays don't need to be this huge festival of just giving stuff that you don't want. Now, in terms of your partners, what I suggest is that 
for my husband, I sometimes give him a list of books or things or experiences that I might like. But to be really honest, most of the time I actually just buy myself things and I say, this can be my birthday present. This can be my Christmas present because I have a very clear idea of what I like and what I want. And I really don't want him buying me things that I'm just not going to wear. And this has happened a couple of times in the past where he's bought me a scarf or he's bought me something and or some jewelry. And it's really just not me. And I just feel that that's a waste of money. and that's just not the path that I want to go down. So I had just usually kind of jump in ahead of time and just buy myself something. Or I might say, look, I really would like to actually just get a facial or go and get a massage or have some kind of experience. And he can organize that if he wants. Otherwise, I might give him a list of books of ones that I really would like because I always love getting design books. In terms of what I buy for my husband, now he never, he's the opposite. He never buys himself anything. So I buy him what he would not treat himself to. I buy him books as well because he loves reading as well. And at the moment he's really into his gardening. So I probably will buy him some more gardening books. That's what I did last year. But he actually literally reads gardening books at bedtime. And sometimes I buy him clothes because he often doesn't buy himself um, new clothes, but we really just do focus on the things that we really want or need. In terms of family members, if they buy you things, then you could maybe ask them again for things that you really want or need. Now, this might be something that you really want within the kitchen, a particular mixer or a blender or something that you will actually use. It might be that you want plants for your garden. Plants can be quite expensive, even if it's for inside your home. And that is obviously something that you can get lots of enjoyment out rather than things that you're not going to use and they're just going to end up in the drawer, particularly if they're gimmicky things. So I think, again, giving a list of things that will actually be useful is really helpful. I've touched on this already, but you can also request experiences, not things. And it might be experiences that the family members, such as grandparents, can have with your children. If you're grandparents or family members live in the same area, then you could say, look, instead of buying the kids something this year, it would be really lovely if you could take them to the Nutcracker, you know, go to an experience or go and see some theater or go and do something with them. Maybe is the grandparents going on a special date with the child. It might also be that um, it might, if they don't live in the same area, then you can give them the a voucher go to the um, the zoo or to go to the aquarium or other places that, you know, are a special treat and not the sort of thing that you do all the time. There might be um, where my parents live, there is like a, a shark world. There's also some kind of fighter jet world. Uh, those might be things that they could give as experience or even like dolphin watching or whale cruises or whatever it is. But those kind of experiences, I think that they actually will last much longer in the child's mind than any toy or object. Now, of course, there is the time when you still receive an unwanted gift. Maybe you've listened to this episode after Christmas and you think, oh no, this is too late. What am I going to do now? I've got this gift that I really don't want. I think it's important to always accept the gift in terms of the gesture of it, because often there is a good intention behind the person giving you the gift. They mean well, but obviously they've just missed the mark. 
And I do believe that after a period of time that you can donate it. Now, this is even if it is something perhaps sentimental to somebody. I think that if it is like that original question about if it is some furniture or some kind of heirloom within your family, you might want to take a couple of other strategies. Of course, you might want to say, look, I really appreciate you offering this to me. And I know that this is really important to you, but it's not something that is right for my home or for our lives right now. And I would much rather, I'm happy for you to, to sell this and with that money for you to treat yourself to something. And, you know, these things, it's the, we invest so much emotion in objects, but really it's the memories. That is the thing that lives on. It's not the object itself. Like we don't have to attach so much meaning to a particular object. I really think that we can, you know, when it comes to people who are maybe not so emotionally invested, like my husband, I can say, look, let's just take a photo of it. We don't have to hold on to the actual object or knowing that somebody else might actually love it even more than you. And you could explain this to your family member as well and say, look, that table, I can see that it's got beautiful craftsmanship and that it is, it's got this story, but it's really not something that is what I want in my own home. And maybe it will be better, like our family member would actually prefer if we um, use that money towards something that could actually really help us at this time or season in our life. So that is something that you can do or give it to somebody who actually would really appreciate it and would see the value in it. And that's always the thing that I feel that when I donate or give people things within my home that I've either outgrown in terms of the style or my children have outgrown, it just actually, I just want to know that somebody else is getting use and happiness out of it. I don't need to hold on to it any longer. I just want to know that it's it's living on in some way. And I think that that is something that is more important than the object itself, that this piece can actually live on and somebody out there can appreciate and love it in the way that it deserves, rather than it just being stuck in a garage and nobody getting any use out of it. But I do believe that you can sell or donate after a period of time. You don't have to hold on to these things forever. I think it, you have accepted the gesture and I think that that is enough. And I think then you just need to then make those strategies so that this doesn't happen again, so that you're not receiving these things that are being passed down. And sometimes, you know, if I'm being really honest about this, I think that the pe person who's giving it to you, often it can be because it feels like a burden to them and they don't know what to do with it. So they're actually kind of giving it to you so that you can deal with it. And we think that it means so much to them or they can actually have given it more meaning than, than what it actually has. They might say, oh, your uncle Jack, this was his writing desk and it was so important to him and, and so on. But then if you actually spoke to Uncle Jack and he might have been passed on long ago, but if you were to speak to him, he might say, oh, it doesn't matter. Just sell it. You know, people can kind of attach meaning to something that it actually doesn't have there or it doesn't exist in the same way that it's thought of. So let it go. It's not that important. Hold on to the memory. Hold on to the gesture. Take that with good meaning. But you don't hold, need to hold on to everything forever. And also just make sure that you create strategies so that it doesn't happen again. 
I hope that this helps you in this season of gift giving and receiving and helps you prevent yourself from receiving any unwanted gifts this year or coming into the new year. But before you go, if you haven't done so already, can you please take a minute to subscribe, rate and review this podcast? It really does help spread the word out there to other people who might find it helpful. You'll find show notes for this episode at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast forward slash 32 because this is episode 32. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunchalong Nation where it was recorded. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.